Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Live from Gross Point, Michigan, it's time for the number one radio show in the private service industry, where private service professionals can discuss topics that pertain to their industry. And now, here is your host, DEMA National President, Matthew Hack. Hello and welcome back to another edition of DEMA Live, a radio call-in show for the private service industry. I am your host, Matthew Hack, and today I'm joined by my co-host, private service professional, DJ Haverkamp. This week's guest is Boris Pevsner, CEO and founder of Collectrium. He is going to be one of the speakers at this year's management conference in New York City on April the 23rd. On today's show, we're going to be discussing art collection management and how it impacts the private service professional. Obviously, before we get started, I'd like to welcome DJ uh, Haverkamp, my co-host to the show. And it seems like the weather's starting to break and everyone's getting ready for a great spring. So, DJ, what are you looking forward to uh, this spring? Well, there's a lot of exciting things on the horizon here in the New York area. Uh, particularly with the chapter here for the DEMA chapter in New York. There's uh, the conference which is coming up, which I'm sure you're going to mention that next month. I'm sure everybody here is getting very excited about that. So it's going to be a great spring, I think. Well, I definitely think we're we're all excited about the conference. And uh, speaking of the conference, um, that's uh, one of the reasons that we have Mr. Pesner on the show today. Uh, so without further ado, let me go ahead and welcome uh, Boris to the show. Boris, uh, welcome to DEMA Live. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. All right. Well, we're happy to have you here. And uh, before before we get started, uh, Boris, if I could maybe uh, have you give a little introduction to the world of art collecting uh, in in uh, conjunction with how many private art collections uh, would you say there are, uh, how much are they worth, and how does the world of art collecting work? Let me start by um, uh, quoting some of the uh, figures from the from the industry report uh, that we rely on to size the market. It's called the TEFAF report after the art fair um, that uh, happens every year. In fact, it just hap- is happening right now in Maastricht in, in the Netherlands. Uh, and according to the report that they publish, the estimated market size of art and collecting is $63.8 billion. So that's the industry accepted figure for the size of the market. It is quite large. Uh, there are about 675,000 uh, millionaire art collectors around the world. So that also is a fairly large number. The single, uh, the largest single market is the U.S., following by, followed by U.K. and Europe. Uh, and in terms of how the collections and collectors break out, is uh, uh, most of them are private collections, but of course there are some public collect- collections and some of the private 
collectors have foundations and private museums. Uh, and then there are corporate art collections. So those art collections that are, uh, that are managed and uh, assembled by institutions, uh, oftentimes uh, banks and large companies. Uh, if you look at the motivations that inspire collectors to collect, uh, they're, they're quite diverse. So collect collectors collect uh, and are inspired to collect for different reasons. Uh, so for personal collections, uh, it is uh, usually passion of the individual collector. Uh, some individual collectors like to build private museums, uh, gift to institutions uh, like public museums. Uh, and some families are simply managing collections they inherit. So there is a wide diversity of both the types of collectors and their motivation for why they collect. Okay. So obviously, can you what was can you repeat that number one more time of private uh, private collections that that you said? How many? What was that the number? number? Yeah. Sure. The number worldwide, that's globally, is uh, about uh, six hundred seventy-five thousand. So that's okay. the number of uh, uh, of high net worth individuals who collect art globally. Uh, that's the okay. industry accepted number that most of us build our uh, our companies and business models and other things around. Okay. All right. That's uh, that's that's quite a that's quite a few uh, high net worth individuals with art collections throughout the throughout the world. Um, so when when a principal purchases a piece of art. What is the process in in taking possession of that piece? Well, the traditional way is to purchase a piece, piece of art, and then uh, the seller usually arranges for a specialized fine art shipper. Usually, it's not shipped, you know, FedEx or um, just generic postal service. It's usually uh, shipped by a specialized fine art shipper because it has to be, you know, the the environmental factors have to be controlled for special care. Uh, it needs to be applied to shipping such items, high-value items, and so on. So the shipper will collect the piece uh, and uh, safely deliver it to the client's home or storage facility. Some clients uh, buy in order to uh, you know, enjoy the objects immediately and put them in their home or one of their homes. And, uh, uh, and, and, and other collectors may store the artwork, and they really accumulate it uh, in a storage facility or multiple storage facilities around the world, and they perhaps rotate them uh, for display in different houses or prepare it for donation uh, or a loan to a museum and so on. So storage facility uh, facilities, which are also specialized businesses in the art world uh, are a big part of the art services ecosystem. So quite often the buyer will uh, will request other services as well, just as they purchase the item and ship it to their home. Installation is one service that is often requested alongside with purchase and shipping. Uh, framing is another one. Uh, insurance oftentimes needs to be updated when a new uh, item is purchased and added to the collection. So in this situation, the collector would need to uh, contact uh, different vendors for shipping, for framing, for insurance quotes. Uh, but of course, if the collector is using a platform like ours, then they can sim uh, simply uh, simply add the object to the account, uh, select it, and then ask for a quote from all of the different trusted shippers, framers, insurance providers, and other partners. And then very quickly, 
uh, get everything that they would like to achieve with that transaction, say buying a new piece of art, uh, and all of the different moving parts and all of the different pieces uh, of, uh, of art collection care uh, will be taken into account altogether. So uh, that's very important because uh, you know all of our providers are selected based on their best-in-class standing, their qualifications and certification within their service categories, be that insurance, framing, installation, or shipping. Uh, and uh, to collectors who are passionate about the art objects that they have or just acquired, it's very, very critical to deal with only the best, most qualified providers. That's great, Mr. Pesner. Um, it's interesting because one of the things that those of us who work in private service sometimes have to deal with is is the responsibility for managing a, a high net worth individual's art collection. And sometimes we have roles or responsibilities for principals who either have never had a, a substantial collection of art before or for those of us who are new to private service, we've never been responsible for managing a, a collection of art. So I thought maybe you could just tell us a little bit about some of the things that might be involved with uh, keeping track of these items and their maintenance and their care and some of the things that an individual who's working in private service might really want to be aware of as they as they start to tackle a responsibility like this. Uh, yes, certainly. I think that it all starts with proper organization. I mean, generally in life for many things, and it's not an exception for uh, for private collections. Uh, collectors, as I keep mentioning, because it really is important, it's part of their lives, they keep, uh, they, they're very passionate about the objects that they are collecting, about their collections, about new acquisitions, and so on. So proper organization is uh, is is paramount. Uh, in designing our product, Collectrium, we followed uh, best practices from museums, the cataloging best practices museum registrars uh, who do this work uh, have, been, uh, have been consulting in the process of uh, our building, our company, and our products. So it's very, very important to be properly organized. And properly organized means organized in the same way that museums organize their collections. Because uh, a private collection, you know, while smaller than a museum collection, usually, uh, it really needs the same level of care and the same level of, uh, of organization. So on one hand, it needs to be properly organized, uh, which implies a lot of meticulousness in how you do that. On the other hand, it needs to be accessible because principals, collectors, uh, you know, the reason that they collect is because they would like to enjoy and engage with their art. And while not all of it may be displayed at their home at any given time, they want to have access to it at all times. So making it digitally accessible anywhere, anytime, in a secure manner is very, very important uh, to most collectors that, uh, that we have been dealing with. So this dichotomy is important, and that's, you know, on one hand, meticulous and deep, comprehensive organization of your collection. On the other hand, easy, secure accessibility of it. And so that's what we've been striving to provide to collectors since, uh, since I started the company. Uh, now, the second uh, thing, uh, other than proper, proper organization and accessibility, is uh, protection. 
so collections need to be insured. They need to be cared for. They need to be properly framed. Uh, a conservation specialist needs to be consulted for objects that need conservation and protection. So all of this um, uh, sort of set of activities around protecting collections needs to be arranged uh, for each individual piece of each individual category. Uh, for somebody who collects works on paper, it would be one set of techniques to to conserve, preserve, and frame, and so on. For somebody who collects sculptures, it will be something different entirely. So it's important for um, for the private service professional to understand which specialists to call, or which specialists to engage for, uh, depending on what the collection is. Uh, and uh, as I mentioned before, in many cases, a substantial part of the collection may be off-site, may not be in uh, in the principals in the collector's residence, in which case uh, it needs to be properly shipped, packed, stored in a professional facility. So uh, uh, in all of those cases, what's most important is that the best vendors, uh, are, best trusted vendors are engaged in every uh, category related to collection care, be that insurance, stripping, storage, framing, conservation, and so on. Uh, and really through the, uh, through the platform that we have, uh, the collector and uh, the private service professionals have uh, the ability to engage such vendors around specific activities like buying, shipping, storing, and so on. Uh, the second, uh, another thing that, uh, another aspect of uh, collection care that I think most collectors uh, very much are interested in and most private service professionals will probably want to help them along is understanding the value of the collection of all times, so as the, at all times. So as the market fluctuates, the value of the collection will change. The market goes up, the value, current market value of the collection goes up. Uh, market goes down, the reverse may happen. So uh, being able to manage the collection, not just physically, but also financially, is, is an important aspect uh, of collection management. So that's another feature of uh, the platform that we provide, is this ability to, uh, to look at a private collection through the prism of the art market, to really track the collections monetary value, not just, it's a, it's not just manage it's, uh, it physically and digitally, but track its monetary value uh, as the market fluctuates using various techniques that we may talk about later. Yeah, and I think and I think that those are all uh, critical uh, items and areas that that you spoke about um, and how those you know benefit a private service professional. I think one of the most important pieces that I thought um, that Collectrium really brings to the table that I think is a fascinating portion of it is <clears throat> the way that Collectrium kind of uses um, how the market is going to show the value of certain art collections and, and art pieces. Um, and, and so my question would be, how is, that, how is something like that of benefit to the private service professional? Well, uh, pri private service professionals uh, work alongside, um, you know, for a high net worth individual, work alongside uh, financial uh, advisors, alongside family offices, and others who uh, who look after the overall financial um, uh, well-being of, of their client, of the principal. Uh, and from the point of view of uh, those service providers, 
say, from the point of view of a family office, it is critical to understand uh, the entire financial picture of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of an individual, of their client. And so that includes not just the usual classes, asset classes that they may uh, hold, like uh, stocks, bonds, real estate, and so on, but also art. You know, we do not like right. to talk about art as an asset class generally speaking, because truly really it's a passion asset. It's something that uh, is much more than just uh, uh, something of monetary value because it has the aesthetic value and uh, and an emotional value. Uh, but from the point of view of a family office and a private service professional, I think it's important to understand its financial value as well. And so, have you seen Collectrium making that swing though? Um, as far as kind of obviously, it's always been a passion of one, you know, having one particular artist. But are you guys seeing how maybe Collectrium is actually impacting that and making it more of a financial investment to to see what the latest and greatest values are of maybe up and coming artwork so that. The you know the private service professional can say hey we're seeing this trend on this particular item and if the principal likes that art you know they might go out and start investing in that is that something that you guys are seeing with your product? Uh, you know this is something that uh, art advisors might recommend to a collector and uh, from that point of view we support them both the art advisors private service professionals and the collector in making those decisions we do not uh, encourage or discourage those kinds of decisions let me make uh, one 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 more thing clear uh, there is a segment of uh, the collecting um, of collectors who is very who are very who are very focused on the on the financial aspects of it but that segment, and that segment is growing, but it's still not the dominant segment. Most people collect out of passion. Most people coll- collect the art that they love, uh, and uh, uh, and that's uh, that continues to be the principal reason why people collect art. However, you're absolutely right. There is a growing uh, segment of collectors. There, uh, there is a growing population of collectors for whom the financial aspect of collecting is uh, is more important. Maybe most important, but at least more important than 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 average. And for them, uh, yes, we do have a set of tools. Uh, they almost like portfolio management tools, so you can look at your collection across uh, across um, uh, artists, across movements, across categories of art that you're collecting, uh, and you can track them separately uh, relative to what the market in each one of these categories is doing. And then you could in principle, make financial decisions about where to uh, invest, uh, in which artists, which categories, and so on to invest in to maximize the financial return. So it is possible. We do support it. We have tools that help collectors do that. Uh, But the caveat that I would like to repeat is that most collectors collect out of passion. That's very interesting, Mr. Pesner. That's, That's really interesting. I would like to maybe shift gears just a little bit and ask a question on behalf of our private service professionals who are who are dealing with maintaining a, an art collection. What what kinds of things does your company catalog, and what kind of information do you record with regard to the collectible items that that you that a principal would have in their collection? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's a great question, and I think it highlights 
the differences between how cataloging and registrar work uh, has been done in the past versus now. So in the past, uh, it was very uh, uh, kind of database uh, oriented, and there was lots of details, not particularly enjoyable or engaging for the principal, for the collector. Uh, so what we created uh, is uh, something that retains that comprehensive nature so that you get to use all of the best practices that museums use in cataloging a collection. But at the same time, it's a, it's a modern experience. It's, uh, it starts with images. It's very uh, visual. It's very image-driven. The number of images that... Uh, that you can attach to give an object is unlimited. They can be of any resolution. Uh, you know, they they're usually quite beautiful if professionally photographed. So uh, uh, it's very image-driven and uh, uh, visual. But then behind it is all of the information that you need in order to manage the collection uh, in the best way possible. It starts with the basic information about the object, title, artist, dimensions, and so on. Then very important for all collectors is location. And location may be constantly changing. So, uh, you know, it could be in, uh, in an apartment in New York today, and it could be, uh, could be in a villa in the south of France tomorrow. It could be on a yacht, you know, in, in the next week. So tracking mm -hmm. that location and being able to see where the, uh, where the collection currently is by location visually on the map is, uh, is very important. Many of the collectors have multiple homes. Uh, their artworks could be in multiple storage facilities at any given time. It could be on loan to museums and other institutions. It could be on consignment to uh, auctions, dealers, and galleries. So it really, literally could be in many different places around the world. And being able to see it all in one place on a map where it is currently is very, very important. So that's the location details aspect of keeping track of, of a collection. Uh, then um, uh, another uh, very important uh, feature of uh, what we believe, how we believe collection management ought to be done is, you know, there is a lot of data out there and we live in this big data uh, age. So uh, it would be, uh, it's not enough to just record what, what, what collectors uh, have and what they put into the system. What we strive to do is uh, augment that with information that is just generally publicly available. So, for instance, if uh, they record an object with a particular artist, we bring in the artist's biography because, you know, we have a database of artist biographies, about half a million of them. So, uh, so, so we do that with all the photographs of artists and so on, and that enriches the collector's ability to enjoy their own collection. It adds more context to it. It's not just that they're looking at what they put in, but they're actually seeing more. Uh, another mm -hmm. example is uh, past uh, sales results for objects that are similar to the one that you have. So alongside the object, you may see other similar objects that have been sold in the past, say at auction, and that will give you context to what else is out there, commercially speaking, right? What else, uh, how much it's sold for, and give you an idea of the value of the, uh, the object that you're looking uh, at. Another um, aspect is analytics. So it's not just the visual uh, representation of the collection and all of the details behind it, but it's also looking at uh, the trends, you know, how is the... Uh, your additions and subtractions, you know, acquisitions and deaccessions of your collection uh, are affecting uh, its 
value, how does it look like by top artists, uh, top artists in terms of the number of uh, holdings that you have uh, and in terms of the total market value and so on and so forth. So there are these beautiful, uh, not just beautiful uh, ways to look at your collection uh, and the images of the objects that you have, but also equally beautiful ways to look at summary information about the collection and how it changes over time. Uh, speaking of changing over time, another aspect is uh, we have this interactive timeline that shows uh, to a collector or the principal or, or the art advisor or the private service professional uh, the, the collecting patterns versus time. When were, when were, the, when, when were different objects acquired? Uh, when were they created? If the collection is actively traded, when were they sold? You can zoom in and out of that timeline to see visually, uh, you know, just like on the map you can see it uh, in space, you know, on the, uh, in the world, and, and on the timeline you can see it in time to see when most of the activity in the collection has been happening. So really, uh, you know, to answer your question most generally, it's, it's, uh, the, the dual goals here is to, on one hand, be comprehensive and professional in how the collection is managed. On the other hand, be engaging and, uh, and present a beautiful interface to the collector to help them enjoy their collection. Yeah, that's that's really great, and I'm sure like even the provenance of how the history of the pieces and and their their background is is really interesting to be able to have all that information. Yeah, there's that's, provenance. There is also uh, yeah, there is provenance. There is exhibition history. There is bibliography. If uh, if articles right. have been published uh, on the object or the artist in both scientific okay. journal and and and. Uh, uh, and general publications. So uh, all of that is in one place, uh, right. and all of that provides provides ways for collector to learn more about their own collection. So it's, mm -hmm. it really goes along with this idea of getting more out of it than what you put in. Yeah, I hate to admit it, but I'm I'm I would bet that there are still some folks in the private service industry who are maintaining art collection information just on Excel spreadsheets. And you would think sometimes that we'd be way ahead of the curve, but sometimes that's not always the case. And based on what you're telling us, I think you're, you're describing a scenario where a lot of this information is maintained in the cloud and, and the use of offsite servers. C can you tell us maybe some of the advantages or benefits of using a system like that versus uh, having like the information just uh, in a in a family office or some kind of a scenario like that. Yeah, well, the main benefit by far is security. So when something is maintained on a on a local computer on a on a spreadsheet, for instance, or you know, and, and in many cases people move files through email or they move them on on a thumb drive. Uh, when it's done that way, it's pre pretty much the least secure way to maintain information because, you know, you can lose the laptop, you can misplace the thumb drive, you know, there could be unauthorized access to uh, computers in the office because usually they're not particularly well secured and so on. So when, uh, when, when data is managed professionally in the cloud, like banks manage it, for instance, uh, the security uh, and uh, accessibility of the data is much, much more, you know, professionally managed and therefore better. So the main benefit of modern, modern professionally managed cloud solutions is their security. You know, and the properly managed means 
There is physical security, there is infrastructure security, all the data are encrypted so that, you know, even in the case of unauthorized access, though that itself never really happens, but even if it did, the actual data is encrypted so nobody can read the data, the private data. So all of that means that it's, you know, the professionally managed cloud-based solution is uh, and has been shown many times uh, in scholarly articles to be vastly more secure than uh, than a locally managed uh, file. So that's the first uh, benefit, which I think you know is often over overlooked when people talk about the cloud. And I just really want to make sure that it's clear that security is the number one benefit of managing things in the cloud. The second uh, is, of course, accessibility. So uh, being able to securely manage it in the cloud lets uh, the principal access their art anytime, anywhere, from any web browser, from any computer, from any mobile device. We have apps for both um, Apple, iPads, iPhones, and Android devices. Anywhere they are, they can securely access their collection, enjoy it, show it to friends if they'd like to. You know, it all remains private. It, nobody ever sees it unless the collector chooses to display it to somebody. But they have that option, and they always have access to the collection and all of its details. Yeah. And then the third benefit that I think uh, of cloud-based uh, solutions that we have uh, explored uh, that I think is, is, is also very important and innovative at the same time is, uh, uh, is that uh, market data that is available you know, globally is blended uh, into your private collection. So it's really brought to benefit to illuminate uh, your private collection so that you see market data alongside your uh, private, uh, you know, private views of your collection. You can see comparables. You can see uh, market trends. You can see things that have sold at auction in the past that are similar to the items that you have in your collection. And that, of course, would not be available without uh, without the cloud, yeah. because this is, you know, it's, it's the way to blend private and public without violating privacy is only possible in secure, uh, secure cloud-based solutions. So I would say those are the three main benefits, security, accessibility, and the ability to access market data uh, and bring it to a collector to benefit the experience of their own private collection. That's, that's amazing, sir. That, those really are some amazing things that you're offering folks. And I think even just having access to all the information from anywhere in the world is is just a wonderful thing that that you're offering for folks. I was I was going to say too. One of the big fears that folks who uh, work in private service I think have is just the fear of damaging an article that is in an individual's collection. I know handling some of these works of art and seeing that they're displayed and and maintained properly is is just a real big issue that I think a lot of folks who work in private service often worry about. And I was just wondering, and based too, that the the sentimental value of a lot of these objects to our principles, not only the the, the financial value of them, but I, w I was just wondering maybe if you could tell us a little bit more about what your company offers as far as services that might be helpful to us with regard to these protection issues and, and maintenance and care and, and those kinds of issues that we might have to face. 
Yes, that's a great question, uh, and uh, that um, uh, to answer it, let me explain uh, another part of our business that I haven't yet mentioned, and that uh, and that is uh, service partners uh, who deliver uh, services to collectors, uh, collectrium users, the collectors who are managing their collections on Collectrium. Um, and uh, uh, address precisely the needs that you uh, just mentioned. Um, so uh, those are insurance partners. They're basically, they're collection care partners, and they uh, fall into the categories of insurance, storage, uh, framing, art landing, and so on. Uh, and it is those partners that uh, deliver services, uh, collection care services, uh, that allow collectors to stay current on all of their collection care needs. So the trick here, the, the, this, the, the approach that we've used is to make sure that we only engage best-in-class partners in every category. So if you look at our insurance partners, for instance, it is uh, AXA Art, Chubb, Hiscox, the three largest uh, um, art insurance underwriters in the world. So the largest, most reputable providers in that uh, service vertical. If you look at our storage partners, Momart is the one we have announced so far, and uh, that's one of the premier names and art in art shipping and storage uh, in Europe. So in every uh, art services category that we uh, address, uh, and every service that we offer to collectors through our partners is delivered through the best providers in that art uh, service category, which gives um, uh, collectors and uh, private service professionals uh, the assurance that they need that that the objects of this high passion, high sentimental value are going to be handled with proper care, uh, insured properly, uh, framed and uh, conserved properly, stored properly, uh, shipped properly. Uh, that's really uh, our answer to this need. The need is very much real. All collectors want their uh, art to be cared for in the best possible way. Uh, and we felt that the best way to address it is by partnering with the best providers in every art service vertical. All right. Well, I I definitely uh, I'm sold on the collectrium and, and and the services that you guys offer. Um, you know, obviously one of the things that one of the reasons that we wanted you on the show today, Boris, was to be able to communicate some of the concerns that collectrium has uh, with how um, how art collections are being managed out there in the private service world. And uh, you definitely have have helped provide us tons of information uh, with regards to that so far. And I'm sure we're only going to expand further on to that. Um, before we go any further, though, we've got about 10 minutes left with the show. Uh, obviously, time flies when we're having fun. And um, But before we go any further, I just want to remind everyone um, that uh, Mr. Pesner will be uh, presenting at this year's uh, uh, national conference, one-day conference. Uh, that will be happening April the 23rd. Uh, tickets are on sale currently, and if you would like to go and purchase a ticket and uh, and come join us on that Saturday the 23rd, we would love to have you there. Um, and uh, you can do so by going to www.demaconvention.com. 
once again, that website is www.demaconvention.com. You can just click on the regional uh, tab, and you'll see all the information there uh, on how to register online for that. Um, without, um, with, you know, trans, trans, um, transferring over back to our discussion, uh, Mr. Pesner, obviously I understand that your company is going to be giving away a free trial. Uh, speaking of conference, uh, that you guys are going to be giving away a free trial subscription for those that attend the conference. Why do you think it's important for PSPs to try Collectrium? Well, we know that uh, once you try Collectrium, you'll be hooked. So the platform is, you know, it's in, it, it's it's intensely intuitive. It's it's beautiful. It's visual. It's very easy to use. So we want uh, we want PSPs to have the opportunity to enjoy the platform as uh, as they perform their duties as stewards of collections uh, in in their uh, in their properties on behalf of their uh, principals. So the the tasks associated, as we talked before, associated with shipping installation, uh, preparing reports, sharing lists of inventory, are now done with just a few clicks, which I think will be of great help to PSPs, uh, busy as they are managing their principals' lives. Um, and um, I think the DEMA members would like uh, uh, would like us to. Uh, if they would like us to upload a client's collection from a digital source to Collectrium, we would be happy to get them started. So we offer a one-time onboarding service to all of our clients so that they can start using the system right away. Uh, but really the main reason we want to offer a free trial subscription for all the attendees is that we, we, we believe that our product, once it's tried, it sells itself. Mr. Bezner, can I ask how how long is the learning curve? I know I've had to deal with some other kinds of cloud-based sort of software packages that I found sort of difficult to get up to speed with, and there wasn't a lot of support with, like, learning how they work. So I was wondering mm -hmm. how hard is it to, to really learn how this all works? Most people pick it up and start using it right away. Uh, we have... Uh, the 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 basic use case of adding an object, be that on the mobile or on the web uh, versions of the product, is uh, is extremely easy to use and very very intuitive. Um, as you get into uh, more esoteric parts of uh, of uh, individual object records, it's not so much that it is hard to use as it is that you may have to learn some of the uh, nomenclature, some of the best practices and how uh, professional uh, collection management is done. So for that, we offer training for those who need it. Uh, and uh, that training is, is also available to, to all of the subscribers to Collectrium. But for something simple, like cataloging a collection, um, uh, no training is required. It is, it is intuitive. But again, there are some professional registrars who, uh, who, who sometimes want to get deeper, and we provide training for that. All right. Well, listen, Mr. Pesner, I, I, one of the things you said, it's, it's kind of easy to, to, to do the categor, uh, categorization of, uh, of artwork. And sometimes uh, it might seem easy, but for a lot of uh, private service professionals, it's definitely something that I know some of them struggle with, and especially mm -hmm. how to do, do it correctly. Um, so with that being said, what are some of the potential mistakes that you have seen in the past um, that a private service might uh, private service professional might make when managing an art collection. 
Well, naturally, most most of us are not experts in in art or high value collection care. So, typical areas that uh, that are misunderstood in physical care of art are exposure to sunlight. Like, for instance, there are some categories of art, like works on paper, that you wouldn't want to put in direct sunlight for more than a minimum amount of time. Uh, exposure to other elements, like temperature, you know, different aspects of cleaning and restoring artworks. Um, uh, but aside from that, from sort of physical uh, management of the artworks and how to display them and how uh, how to do that properly, if you go into the digital domain, the most important part, or record-keeping domain rather, the most important uh, and the most frequent um, misstep that we have seen is failing to keep track of the location of each piece of the collection. At the end of the day, you know, when the principal asks, where is it, you want to be able to point to the location right away. So being able to easily keep track of the location and then visualize the location, uh, you know, in, in, in on the map or in some other way and have a, a precise location, not just which house it is, it's at, but, you know, which room on which shelf in which drawer. Uh, is is very important, and we give an, an an easy way for the collection management professional to do that, so that it's not as onerous as it sounds. Because it is very important. The, you know, you certainly do not want to be caught in a situation, caught up in a situation when uh, when the principal is asking where something is located, and you don't know the answer. So uh, we support. Uh, uh, locations and nested locations, as I just described. Um, now, another uh, important um, uh, help that we provide to uh, to PSPs, uh, or something that PSPs, I think, will find useful, is uh, alerts and notifications. So, for instance, it's time to change just to to refer back to the example I just gave, uh, it's time to change the location because the work on paper shouldn't be exhibited for longer than a certain period of time. So an alert comes up and says, you know, it's been a month, it's been outside in a room where there's sunlight, uh, it's time to move it back in storage or to a darker place. Or it's time to update insurance because uh, you know the insurance policy is is is, is expiring. Uh, uh, perhaps you've made some other purchases, or maybe the market value of the collection has exceeded the insurance coverage. So it's time to call up the insurance broker and make adjustments to to the insurance. So these kinds of alerts and notifications make uh, PSPs' uh, lives easier because it's not just you know it's not. It's not just that you have to remember what you have to do, but the system tells you, and it will be happening more and more so as we release kind of new different waves, product waves of uh, alerts and notification functionality. The system will start <laughs> telling Mr. you Professor what to do. Yeah. Can I ask just one other quick question before we break up? I wanted Absolutely. to see if your collection can be, your system can be used for maintaining like collections of wine and. Uh, other things besides what we would consider fine art and, and paintings and that sort of thing. It, can it be used for watches and all that sort of stuff as well? Uh, yes, and that's a, it's a great uh, uh, question. Thank you for asking. So currently the categories that we cover are fine art, so pictures, drawing, and drawings, prints, uh, jewelry, watches, wine, uh, furniture and decorative arts, and uh, antique cars. So those are the categories currently covered, uh, uh, and the, most of our collections fall into those categories. Uh, in theory, it's possible to manage just about any collectible on Collectrium. 
the ones that we're actively covering right now are the ones that I listed. All right, excellent. Well, uh, Mr. Pesner, this has been a, a, a fantastic opportunity to learn uh, more about the art management uh, industry, learn a little bit more about what Collectrium has to offer. Obviously, we appreciate you uh, being on the show. We look forward to having you at the conference. Uh, and uh, one last thing here, we got about two minutes left, so if you could briefly give us your contact information if anyone has any additional questions. Um, how would they reach out and contact you guys? Yeah, the best way to contact us uh, is either telephone or email. So by phone, it is uh, 212-796-5887. 212-796-5887. There is an international number as well for those listeners who are located outside of the United States uh, on www.collectrium.com. You will find contact information in the UK, in Europe, and in Asia. And then uh, by email, it's info, I-N-F-O, at collectrium.com. All right, excellent. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of DEMA Live. I'd like to thank Boris Pesner and, uh, for, for being on the show today. As always, um, if you have any questions about DEMA or the private service industry, please feel free to send those questions to info at domesticmanagers.com. We're also excited to announce that we will be back on the air next Wednesday when Dr. Chris Sidford of Emergency Black Bag, who will also be at the conference, uh, will be joining us. We'll be discussing medical situations as they pertain to the private service industry. As always, I have been your host, Matthew Hack. And I'd like to look forward to speaking to everyone again next week. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.